Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today is the 21st and that means we're finishing our third week already. Wow, that is incredible that we have already made it three weeks in. Well, let me know in the comment section when you started listening. Maybe this is your first uh, day. Maybe you've been here the whole time, but let me know in the comment section when you started listening, and if you have been listening for the whole month so far, make sure to let me know in the comment section because that is really cool. Well, it has been a fun journey so far through the book of Proverbs as we've been taking one chapter a day through Proverbs, and I certainly have enjoyed it, and I hope you have too, and I trust that we have all grown in wisdom as we have taken Proverbs one chapter at a time. And speaking of taking Proverbs one chapter at a time, let's go ahead and let's do that today, and let's read Proverbs chapter 21 starting in verse 1. And it says this, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. A haughty look, a proud heart, and a plowing of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. The violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Better to dwell on the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. The righteous, excuse me, the righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. A gift in secret pacifies anger, and a bribe behind the back, strong wrath. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man, and he who loves wine and oil not be rich. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous, and the unfaithful for the upright. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. There is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down trusted strongholds. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. A, a proud and a haughty man, scoffer, is his name. He acts with arrogant pride, and desire of the, right, of the lazy man kills him. For his hand refuses to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. 
The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Well, the first thing I want us to see here this morning is in verse 3, and this is what God desires. This is what God desires, and I think that's a pretty important thing to understand what God desires because we all want to be pleasing to God, right? I trust that if you're listening to this podcast today, if you are trying to connect to the grace of God, your goal is to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that means that you want to know what God desires. And verse 3 is really key to knowing what God desires. And this is what verse 3 says. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, when we pair that with verse 27, we really understand something. Verse 27 says this, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? See, something we need to understand is that obedience to God's commands is more acceptable than religious motions. Obedience to God's commands is more acceptable than religious motions. See, now I want you to understand something here. It isn't religion versus obedience. It is true obedience in religion that God desires here. See, oftentimes when we think about this verse, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, probably the example that comes to your mind is the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees. Because they were very religious people, but they weren't really very obedient people. They, they didn't have righteousness. They didn't have justice. They, 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 were, they were religious, all right, but, you know, they didn't have that righteousness or justice. But if you stop and remember what Jesus said, what his, his judgment was of the Pharisees, it was a couple of different things. One, obviously, he called them hypocrites all the time. Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. Woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites, you whitewashed tombs, you brood of vipers, right? These are Jesus's words. But the other thing that Jesus said was that you do well. You do well. Now, that's something we don't think about. Now, there was context to that, right? Jesus said they did well in the, in the tithes and the offerings that they were going and, you know, tithing off of like the, 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 smallest, uh, the smallest things. And he said, in that you do well, but, but they neglected the weightier things of the law, which was righteousness and justice. See, they were violating, they, they missed this verse. They were violating this verse to do... Righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. They would have never missed a sacrifice, but they missed righteousness and justice. See, religious habits, while they may very well be good, they're not enough. There is more depth to righteousness and obedience than just even religious habits. Now, you need religious habits in your life. Don't get me wrong. But there needs to be more than that. You know, I've talked a decent amount this month 
about reading God's Word and how God's Word was very present in my life. Now, I, I remember the the first time that I really took reading God's Word really serious. Now, I'm not saying that I I had never read God's Word uh, with seriousness before, but I mean when I really took it as as a serious habit that I really wanted, even though I was reading it daily before, but where I really wanted to go and to dig into this. It was uh, in junior high. In fact, it was uh, eighth grade uh, specifically in at youth group. I had heard a missionary come and speak, and he started off his uh, his his sermon by going and saying, uh, how many of you want to know more than your teachers? And of course, I, I raised my hand. You know, I wanted to hear more than my teachers. This was uh, missionary Henry John who was going and in, in, in speaking on this, and his text was from Psalm 119, verses 97 through 100, where it tells you how you can know more than your teachers, more than the ancients, and more than your enemies, and it has to do with being in God's Word. And he told the story how he had gone and uh, I, I mean, he holds records, and he's from India, so I mean, this is really saying something at the university uh, that he was at for um, for GPA. I mean, he he had he holds records for uh, for the for the highest GPA that was there. He he always scored great on on tests and everything like that. And one day, his roommate came in really late, and uh, Henry John was was reading um, the Bible, and his roommate came in and said, wow, now I know the secret to how you get all these good grades. It's because you're up all night studying. Now, the reality of it was, was that he had not yet even begun to study for the topics uh, that he was going to go over for his courses. He was still studying God's Word, and that was the secret, ultimately, is that true knowledge. Now, he did get to the point where he did study, but but he always put priority first on studying God's Word and really rigorously studying God's Word. And so he gave this big challenge for reading God's Word and being in God's Word. And, and I remember hearing that as, uh, I, I believe I was 13, 14 years old, somewhere in that range. And and I had, the year before, had read through the Bible in a year. My my parents had set that up as the family goal, and so I, I had done that. And uh, I, of course, had been reading God's Word uh, even that year. I believe it was in the spring that he came, and I had been reading God's Word um, daily and, and everything like that. But it was it was in that moment that I decided that I was going to go and to read through the Bible in the next eight months. And it was then, after that, that uh, as a freshman in high school, that I decided I was going to read through the Bible in four months. And it was after that, you know, that it was more and more challenges of reading through the Bible. Now, when I first did this, I had the wrong motives. That's the whole point that I'm trying to get to here, is that I had the wrong motives. And so though I was doing a great habit and there was great benefit from reading God's Word, it it took uh, probably about until my sophomore year of high school when I really got convicted that I was reading God's Word, but I wasn't reading with the right motives. It wasn't to do justice. It wasn't to do righteousness. It wasn't even to please God. It was because I wanted to know more than my teachers. It was because I wanted to know more than those who came before me. It was because I wanted to, to be the one who always had the right answers, and I knew that in reading God's Word, that would give me the right answers. And that certainly was true but I had the wrong motive. And so though I was making a sacrifice, though I was doing a religious, a a religious motion, 
I wasn't being as pleasing to God as what I should have been because there wasn't a righteous aspect of it. There wasn't a just aspect to it. There was just a selfish desire. And I remember going and repenting of that and realizing I needed to read the Word of God to know Jesus Christ, to know Him more, to do this with a right motive. It wasn't necessarily inherently an evil thing, but it was just, it was lacking the the good, which of course James tells us, to him who sees good and doesn't do it, to him it is a sin. And so let me ask you this question. Are you doing just religious motions that may be good? They might be good habits in your life. I'm not saying stop. But are you doing them with the right motive in your life? Are you truly seeking righteousness? Are you truly seeking justice, God's justice, God's righteousness in your life with those religious motions and actions? You need to be because that's more acceptable. The next thing they want us to see here is that you need to take time to plan. In verse 5, it says this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of evil, excuse me, (laughs) not those of evil, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. You need to take time to plan. See, failing to plan is planning to fail. That's a cliche. We've probably all heard that before, but it certainly is true. And there is no place where this is more seen than in the area of finances. See, It takes diligence to sit down and to make a plan, whether that's a a budget, a plan to work so that you can fit that budget that you plan, uh, goals to save and to purchase things, and these types of things, they all lead to plenty. You need to go and to make a plan in your life, and you need to work at that diligently. See, the plans of the diligent, there's also work that goes into it. See, there are a lot of people who they can make plans all day and night in perfect plans, but then they never accomplish those plans because they're not diligent. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those who make plans and then they diligently work to accomplish those plans, especially financially. Those are the kinds of things that lead to plenty. This isn't super complex. It's, it's simple mathematics, in fact. But if you want to have plenty, you need to do the simple things. You need to work hard at the simple things. See, what's the other side of it? But those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. See, making financial decisions with no planning, it leads to poverty. So what do you need to do? You need to make informed decisions which means you need to pray about some things because it's not just your will that you need to find within your budget. It's God's will that you need to find within your budget because when you find God's will in your budget, well, let me tell you, there's money that God probably wants you to make because he wants you to do something with that budget that he has a plan for, but you have to first find that, which means you need to plan diligently, bring God into your plans. You need a plan. You need a plan. And bring God in your plans, and you need to be diligent to go and to accomplish those plans. I know this is simple, but how many times do we not do the simple things? Because sometimes the simple things are difficult, but also how many times do we just not do the simple things 
whether it's because we don't have the diligence or the discipline, the habits made, or because we just don't want to. Well, unfortunately, I think it's often. And so that's why the book of Proverbs constantly reminds us, do simple things. The third thing I want us to see here this morning is that with wisdom, which is what the book of Proverbs is all about, with wisdom, you can accomplish great things. And in verse 22, it says this, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and he brings down trusted strongholds. See, through wisdom, you can do great things. And let me put it this way, you should do great things for God. See, God tells us in Ephesians 2.10 that though he doesn't save us through good works, Ephesians 2.8.9 tells us that, but that good works are a big plan. He has good works for each one of us and that we should walk in these good works. Isn't that just an incredible thing? God has a plan for your life. He has something that he wants you to accomplish, and that is something great, no doubt. And of course, he tells us here that, that he equips us to do great things, including tear down strongholds. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, it says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. God has big plans for you. He really does. He has strongholds that Satan has built that he intends for you to pull down. And he has given you the tools to do it. But you have to walk in wisdom. You have to walk in wisdom. You have to work at wisdom. Why? Because a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. See, I believe there's a correlation to the more wise you become and the more strongholds you tear down or the bigger strongholds of Satan that you tear down. And of course, the true wise person doesn't just tear down a stronghold of Satan but then he turns around and he builds something for God. That's what he does. And that's what God has called you to do. And I'm not sure what God has called you to do in your life, but I want to leave you with that question. What has God called you to do? And are you truly walking in wisdom enough to accomplish it? I want to encourage you to keep going through Proverbs to keep staying in God's word. Now, you need to do it, of course, with righteousness and justice in your mind, not just so that you can know more than your enemy, more than your teachers, and more than the ancients. But I want to encourage you today to stay connected to God's word so that you can have the grace to accomplish what God has called you to do. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise There's 
nothing we can't overcome.